When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a treat because you're listening to the Dubland Podcast with Suzanne and PJ. Dubland Dubland Podcast, up your ear holes. Um, it is Dublin, and we're doing this new series that we're gonna trying to do Dublin meets. Um, and last year I have no idea how it happened, but um, we did Science Week, which involved myself and PJ sitting in the laughter lounge, um, talking to two incredible scientists, Dr. Ruth and Dr. Shane came, and I have no idea how it's happened again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Here we are again. No audience this time, though. It's just, I think for yeah. the sake, do you know what? Because the last well, we time, one person in the corner yeah, making exactly. sure we don't go out crazy. Kathy's here from this Science Ireland. We've had a chaperone, a scientific chaperone <laughs> on the show. That's science for you. <laughs> they're not. They're making sure it happens. They don't like you know law of averages. Um, but yeah. So last year we did we did it in the laughter lounge, but there was lots of scientists in the audience, and I could see their faces of dismay. And I'd say to be honest, a lot of them are still in therapy after what they experienced last year. So I think the safer option, how we're here, I don't know. But you were essentially option, like a Piers Morgan. <laughs> outrageous <laughs> anti-scientific things I'm just watching the reaction what of that faces. goes down in history is, is probably still the question about was the wheelchair electric so we'll leave that one oh we'll yeah, go yeah, any right. yeah yeah on that one but I'm delighted because uh, we're back again and Dr. David McKeown do I have to call you Dr. Dave Dr. You, David Dr. Just McKeown David is fine David is fine absolutely um, fine. you're not one of those people that insists no oh, absolutely it's not it's normally no. people who are a doctor of something that's not really a doctor at all that insists on it are you saying it? that this man's not a doctor he's only no, in the I'm door. saying he is that's why he's not that's why he's not like you know do you have doctor on your passport? Uh, I don't have. I don't. Don't have doctor on my passport. Really? No. If I was doctor, I'd 100 percent have it on my passport. That's exactly what I'm saying. People who aren't real doctors are particular with the title. I could get one on the internet, though, right? <laughs> you probably get one on the internet for quite cheap. Yeah, usually when did you're... you get yours on the internet, or did you like? No, go to I got it in UCD. And generally, when you, when I you... mean, I've been. To, I know a lot of people <laughs> who've been to UCD. Yeah. So talk me through it. Uh, what, what is your actual scientific title? Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what a question. Well, I'm an assistant professor of mechanical and materials engineering in UCD. Uh, so I teach dynamics, how things move. and, and So like basically you're like a hybrid version of uh, Lego Technics. Yeah, we do. We do Lego. You know, you know, you know the you know the Meccano sets, but you know, like the really hard ones for eighteen plus. Yeah, I look at, you, at how like, things move like that. Yeah. So you're analyzing that. Uh, David, just stay with me on this. Yeah. This is the way things will have to work. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Think okay. of this as oh, a Montessori class. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're like, yes, Suzanne. PJ will ask you the questions, and I'll go break it down for me. Okay. But I think that that works. I think then we all, this is why Science Week is here, right? So that we all feel inclusive of science. And I'll be honest with you, my son is now in junior infants and he's already, our next scientist has arrived. Um, He's already ahead of me in terms of science and he does an after school science class. So you look at how everything moves mechanically or engineering wise or is it yeah, rockets? Mechanically. So yeah, we look at anything that, that moves. So if you take your Lego Technics and you had a, a crane or a digger and every piece would move mm. we'd do the maths behind <gasps> the kind of speeds and forces and stuff like that a little bit of maths what's you getting your leaving uh, <laughs> didn't okay leaving didn't okay what's you leaving? getting your leaving go on uh, okay. this would be like it's like the passport and the leaving cert guarantee you should have your leaving cert results pinned to you and you should have <laughs> um, like a 530 points in my leaving well 
That's yeah. all right. I mean, that's fairly good. Not, Where'd yeah, you get right. a maths? Honours. Did you do the higher level applied? I, I did honours maths, yeah. Did you do, what was the one above that? Like the oh, applied maths. I did, did applied maths. Of course maths. you did. I, I basically Foundation teach... Foundation level over here. College level applied maths, I guess, is what I teach. So you're the reason... So you're officially... That... You're a rocket scientist, that's it. Yeah, yeah so... I was about to I say. mean, that's the important... That's the one we're all getting. That's what, like, <laughs> okay. there's a quicker way to get there. You're I didn't want to throw it scientist. out so soon. I was just... There was a little bit of foreplay about it. I was a bit like, are you a rocket scientist or not? <laughs> yeah, so... Rocket man is so, here. So, so the work... While I apply that movement, that motion analysis is, is to rockets. So I've been working with the European Space Agency for the last eight years or so, working on uh, controlling telescopes in space and how we move them about, robot arms on Mars. And then the last time was actually the rockets. So working out how we move the engines at the bottom of the rocket so it can fly into space smoother, working on that for the next generation of their rockets. Right, so you're one of the people that literally thinks about perpetual motion in a real way. Um, <laughs> perpetual motion is. Is that like something that happens in mass? Jesus Christ! It's better than as impossible as transubstantiation. In fairness, the years of going to Catholic school, I get transubstantiation, but perpetual motion. <laughs> per- per- perpetual motion. A uh, perpetual motion is the idea of. Do you remember the Simpsons with the drinking bird hitting like the key? Yes. Do you remember that? Yeah. But well, the idea is that that will go on forever, that there's no energy loss, that you can get motion that uh, keeps continues and there's no losses. Or even the idea that you can get more energy out than you put in, which breaks and the would laws all, of would thermodynamics. Would it always have the same momentum or with the momentum would there be an ebb and flow well, if it's perpetual you you always your always energy the same. always the same okay. but then the idea is the, the kind of the crackpot theories you kind of use these machines that they get their over unity so you basically get more energy out so you create energy and that's the thing that Lisa says in this law we obey the laws of thermodynamics yeah. in this house we obey the laws of thermodynamics so yeah all that stuff is the kind of crackpot it's, it's the laws of thermodynamics and, and people try to break them but they're very hard to Science. break yeah yeah so it's like alchemy basically. yeah it's like <laughs> alchemy basically it can't be done is essentially no, what purpose. you can just about get close to it but you can't do it yeah 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 which is, is why we'll never get to Mars is th- am I going the right way here or is that or oh, we will we'll get, get to Mars, Mars. we will but get to Mars you can't about that are you working on something for Mars? Uh, I'm not but we will um, so the idea is well for the last you know 50 years we've been 20 years away from getting to Mars right it always seems to be that little bit of fire people plans. are buying like, holidays kid, and everything like, seriously well, I remember being like a 14 year old kid sitting around and we were on the verge of getting to Mars I'm now a middle aged fella I've been forced to go to the Weasons for about 20 years I'm getting on we're yeah. no closer to Mars yeah the idea is 2030 now or so the, the new idea is that we'll go back to the moon first and oh. then what we learned from that again it's been so long you know 1971 was last time we were at the moon 50, 50, years. 50 years since the first landing on that the moon that was last year wasn't it that was the whole science week was about last year it about the f- event of the moon yeah. Uh, David, look, I'll July. be honest with you. I don't know whether you heard last year's podcast, but I think for fairness, <laughs> the fact that she thinks it's twenty-five years. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, and I, I feel, I feel I might upset you with the people I did in that room that night. Is that I'll be honest, I, I find the moon very hard to believe. Which, now, I don't, I don't understand what perpetual motion is either. So I think it's transubstantiation. I, and scientists and religion do not see the same way. Hard to believe um, there is a moon, or hard to believe that I see it. Okay, I can see, can visually that. see it. No, not listen. We talked about my eyes last year that's a whole other that's a genetics thing David and that's not your forte but that's okay um, no with with the moon I just think if we if we were there and it's as great as they said it was then why aren't we going all the time you don't believe but that I we're on the moon is that what you're saying do you don't believe that a man walked on the moon is no that- I think it's absolute bull 
this is ins- this is a, a level of insane. But why would you go there? You come out with something that's absolutely batshit crazy. But this that's not. It's not. I just don't understand because there was so much competition going on at the time for everyone to get to the moon, and then they got to the moon, and everyone goes on about it. Like we had like a whole science week last year because it was fifty years since we've gone to the moon, and then Buzz is on chatting about. I don't know. And I'm like, if it's that good. Then why don't we go all the time? Well, like that's what all the money. Dundrum shopping centre. I love that Dundrum. I go there at proof least. for anything. I go there at least twice a month. So that doesn't that and doesn't you count. you do, but most of Northside Dublin don't. Like yeah, it's because a, you've got Northside, Northside, sh- a great, great shopping I can center. show you fucking pictures of the Carphone Warehouse and I've never been in. <laughs> it just because somebody says you were there is not in any way an argument. And also this is like people like, say Freemasons and Jews run the world. It's like it's a bizarre sort do of thing. Do they not? Like, like, I'm, you I'm tell not, them to their face they don't. Oh my God. You see if you're still here. They can't even organise a good barbecue for fuck's sake. Like, I mean, they're up there on Molesworth Street. Go talk to them. But like, the, the, Sorry, David, about the moon. <laughs> so, yeah, well, why don't go to me. It's got it. It got it got too expensive to get to me. It, it's all well, about no, cost. Because Richard Branson has all that money. Right? Yeah, and all these What's like. Well, but, Richard Branson want to go to the moon because he was going to go to the moon. No, he wasn't. He was going to Virgin Galactic. Yeah, it was a totally the moon. thing. It was a space tourism thing. It's not like the, it does not. It, well, the, if you were doing a tour, you're taking the moon because it would obviously be the place you'd have to go. If there was a Magaluf on the moon, I'm sure Richard Branson would be interested. In it. Like, uh, <laughs> so it's a lot more expensive to go to the moon than it is just to go into orbit around the Earth. Okay. How many people orbit around the Earth? At, at the moment? Yeah. Six at the moment. Is that it? So we have an international space station that goes around the moon. There's Irish people. Is there an Irish person on that at the moment? There's no, no Irish no. people. That. So we've never it's had an Irish astronaut. when we're not in the mixer because I feel we'd bring a lot. Yeah, we would Would you do. go? Would I go? Maybe, but I don't think I'm... I, I really... I'm interested in building the things that get there and not so much about... Don't put yourself in the danger. I, uh, I just don't think... I think other people are more excited about going to so let them go first. Well, to be honest, like I think they'll be let down. sort of pit boss then, bit really, of, yeah. Uh, yeah, a bit of the engineering side, I oh think. Oh my God, you're Eddie Jordan. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Does he believe in the moon? That's the question. Do you not think though seriously that if we were there and it was that good? Do you know what I mean? Well we like, went we went a few more times afterwards. We went Apollo eleven, Apollo twelve, and then Apollo thirteen had they all the make movie it? and uh, no thir- I've never 13. seen that movie. You haven't seen the movie? No. Tom Hanks doesn't make it. In, in Apollo 13. Does he die? He doesn't die, they come back. I don't want to ruin the movie, but oh, I've just right. ruined the movie. Right. Well, if they haven't seen it by now, like me, tough. That's it's like it. people who are like, oh, spoilers to Jurassic Park. If you haven't Can't seen it. you're actually using a Tom Hanks movie to make an argument that people went on the moon. Like, it's I mean, same, same, to be honest. So we went, and the next time we brought the buggy, the moon buggy, ever seen videos of that? And some guy hit a golf shot on the moon. And I started becoming a bit like... But we asked ages, like, I don't know, but if it's a, it seems like it should be more tangible than well, it is. We put the money into other things. We built this space station around the Earth, and we started exploring, sending probes to different places. Why are we universe. doing that? So does that kind of fall into, because obviously Science Week is very, like, they're really focused this year. They've forgotten about the moon, to be honest with you, I agree. Um, <laughs> they're kind of focused on climate change. So is that, like having all those space stations out there is that giving us a bigger picture of everything that's going on? Yeah so in space you tend to do two things you either look out or you look back down so you put something into orbit so you're either looking at the earth okay. and learning about the earth okay. or you yeah. put your say you have a camera you want to put it look at the earth or you want to looking out into the uh, universe and learn about the universe okay. um, so the ones facing down we have you know weather satellites and, cl- and things like that that tell <gasps> us measure things like how you know uh, ice sheets are melting and, and that how weather how storms are moving around the earth so the fact that you know before we had anything in space we didn't know what really this that picture of that kind of marble looking earth you kind of see it you know you say earth, i say earth you imagine this kind of globe globe yeah. with all like storms and it's all a bit thing I mean, until we put anything up there we didn't really know exactly what that looked like I'm and now 
and then we could look at the, we could see the moon. But we now we have updating pictures all the time that tell us this kind of history of how things are changing, okay. and that tells us that our climate is changing. Is and that, that a that worry? Is, would you see those pictures are a worry? Do you know it's a bit like looking at your phone after the weekend when you've been out? You're I, like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch that. I'd much prefer you know? to know what's happening than not know see, what's I'm happening. I'm a head in the sand type of person. I'd last on the moon. But then, like, the, but what I'd ask you is, like, why then? Like, we know so much more now than we ever did, right? We're learning more every single day about mm. the size of the universe and doesn't like planets. Like, we're finding finding new planets all the time. We've recently found a planet that they reckon could sustain life. We've all of this going on. Now, why, if we know this much, and it's like, you know, apart from Suzanne, we know that the world is like, you know, actually round and shit, hmm. uh, is the, uh, our science deniers <laughs> becoming such a strong group now? Like, what's the, what, like, we have more flat earthers now than we had in the, in the 50s. It's genuinely a thing. People are like uh, blaming scientists for uh, lying about pollution, about the environment, about the shape of the world. A genuine, <laughs> there's a fucking documentary on Netflix where people are genuinely trying to argue about the shape of the planet. Like, where is that coming from? How, why is there this anti-science revolution <laughs> at the moment? small-minded like me. I think it's just the, the, the beauty of the internet where people, instead now that these people have places to come together and talk, uh, and, and then you have a group and people, you have that reinforcing of, of people's ideas. When, if you're just kind of this crackpot who thinks it alone, then maybe no one talks to you. But if you're on the internet and loads of crackpots come together, well, then that kind of means, oh, well, maybe we're right. And, and, and my friends, Dave. And then, <laughs> they're great people. And, and it's... Um, so then, yeah, I, I think that uh, and it's, it's not wrong to challenge things. You know, it's not wrong to challenge ideas. But when there's proof, so with scientists and, and engineers, we look for proof in what's going on. When that proof is, is kind of undeniable, then your argument kind of has to calm down. Um, but uh, it seems not that the more proof you give, the more kickback you get. Like as scientists, I, 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 I'm not a scientist, obviously. Uh, I don't have a leaving cert. But I look at scientists and think your job is basically to challenge everything. That's mm. your job. Regardless yeah. of what you feel, it's to challenge everything. But it seems now, the more evidence you provide, the more you just get accused of being... I yeah. don't know, like... There's a bit of anti-expert kind of thing yeah, going on. Yeah, there really is, yeah. Yeah, um, and... The idea of that is that as scientists and engineers, we need to be better at, at, at convincing the public that we're not we're not lying to them, right? That we go on things and, and, and be able to explain why these things are true uh, and not be just preaching to people. Because when people when scientists preach and go, this is the fact and you should obey everything that we're saying, it becomes almost like a religion and like a it, ceremony. Like it must be annoying like, though. You're talking there? to a flat earther who's literally used GPS to get to a radio station. You know, <laughs> it must be like it must be a very annoying Are you thing. Talking about me? No, not talking about you. I've used it twice today, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, but you think the world is round? No, I do get the world being round. So, like, yeah. it must be annoying that, that these people have such a platform. You know, uh, I think the platform. I mean, yeah, definitely uh, equal platform. So. Yeah, equal sides. Uh, if the argument has much, much more evidence on one side, it's not correct to give equal uh, platform to both sides, and that happens a bit because it makes good television and good radio and stuff. Because oh, you want to get argument to have you on like this, and then like it would be a much better show today if we says, and in the interest of balance, here's a fucking idiot. Come in and give their opinion on. Yeah. You know, so it is. It's great entertainment, but it's it's it's. Pretty damaging, right? Well, it muddies, yes, damaging. It muddies the waters about what's true. And then what happens is we make... So people like us are... Like, every general person in Ireland makes... We, we put pressure on our politicians to make policy and to change stuff. So if everyone was behind the science, we'd probably make good... make pressure. We should have, you know, uh, better environmental policies going on in Ireland. Um, 
And if everyone's behind it, the politicians would do what we say. But if it muddies the water where people kind of go, well, I don't know, maybe it's not, we're not getting warning, then, or global warming, then there's not so much pressure on the politicians to make changes. So, yeah, having idiots on saying uh, stupid stuff, well, people, people go, well, it's not a, it's not a clear uh, result. So maybe I don't need to make my mind up it. So people say, well, climate change, maybe it's happening, maybe it's not. The, the overwhelming evidence that it is happening, but if some guy is saying it on the radio, then maybe it isn't. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so obviously in recent weeks, because there's obviously been so many protests around the world or whatever. Mm-hmm. So and then like you listen to people talking about it. And I'm that's where things start to get like, see, like those people having conversations where there's mental people. I go, well, hang on, he might have a point because that's, I just I think everybody has a fair say. Do you know what I mean? But like, see, obviously, I know, but I know. That's where it, that's no, where it I will. Oh, to get what I'm bit. saying to Dave is that it's, oh, it's it must be a cruel irony. It's like, let's get the expert in the field who knows exactly what the facts are so that it's not hearsay, it's facts. So there's a cruel irony in that when people, there's madness, people get drawn to madness. But also in that, like with all the, the protests and riots in town, like there's people going through pennies screaming, right, about climate change. And one of them stops to check the price of it. There's a video of it. She stops to check the price of a jacket on her way, given out by people buying. So like there's always kind of like, a fight against the cause if you know what I mean so like you guys are, are given the facts and then yeah. there's always something that goes against so is that when, when you're doing your job do you kind of just go oh because there's some shit it's not really that way though no, because there is no you don't really give facts as such as a scientist you're all it's a constant research right so you say this is developing we think it's because this everything's theoretical in that way and then some the, the, but the fuckwit turns around and goes no this is a fact uh, it's, it's, you know, the, the, it's that's when these things get difficult. Yeah. So you, you're, you're like, if you're just listening to you and you're saying this, this is what it is, and this is how it works, and this is what's happening, then you kind of go, well, he sounds unsure because, well, yeah, science well, is. Experts tend to be that we don't make definitive statements because we're, t- we're backed up by the overwhelming evidence, but we don't make definitive statements as, as much as maybe we should. In, so, as in much sort of way, someone who's wrong to, to make a convincing argument. Uh, but then Why when someone comes, do you do that though? So what? Because like, as you say, the crazes always go fact check yeah, it fact. Yeah, Where is the the person who generally? It's why it sounds convincing. Balance. I think it's someone that can just go, "No, you're wrong. Trump, Here's the facts," and then, fact he's talk, lot, and then he talks he? the bullshit. Yeah. He always go, but even when you have a scrap with someone, if I have a scrap with my husband all the time, I'll go, fact, you said it. And he'd be like, this <laughs> yeah, yeah. fact. This doesn't fucking mean anything. But like that, in, in that just then, so you, why don't scientists, because to me, you, you're the all powerful Oz. You know the stuff that I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like as in, if I wanted, to, like Shane last year blew my mind. Alan, our producer, gave me a science book for infants and I'm obsessed with it. Because you do know like a lot more of the... But the, if the I start components. giving you lots of facts about how how temperature changes, I'm not sure that would convince someone as much as and it needs to. We as scientists and engineers, we need need to convince you guys that, uh, or you guys, but the general public that this is important to them, right? Yeah. You know, people so get a PR changed. Spin on a basic. Well, so just, it needs spin. a bit of. I mean, backed up by the facts, but it really getting across the idea of, of why this is important things and why we make changes in our everyday lives to change us because otherwise it's going to end up with a fiery ball on earth. But how? How pe- long is that coming? Because I'm just <laughs> well. It's not going to come quick. But what will happen is that the the chances the to, to change it to to change it, the, our chances to change it are going to be. Diminishing. We need to make changes now, or it's going to become like too late. When you late. say now, do you mean like as in like I used a bamboo toothbrush this morning? I don't want to brag. <laughs> but like like the small things help. Climate change. I would like if for a real serious moment, climate change absolutely 
terrifies me. This is so, like, it is one of those things that genuinely I couldn't allow it into my head and like to try and like take it in because I would be awake in the middle of the night burying shit in the back garden. Like I just, I know my brain, but I think, but I, I think the general public find it quite terrifying that we, like I buy a compostable bag and a bamboo toothbrush and I'm like, well, you know, that's not going to change anything. It's going to change the planet. Like, but the, the knowledge you have, does it terrify you? Um, yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, if, if we don't do anything, the result is very scary. And it's scary for, I mean, us, but more scary for our kids and, and their kids. Uh, and, and that's the truth. And, and it's like humans, we don't like to think about death. Our brain's going to shut down. Because if we, if we talk about dying all the time, we wouldn't get anything done. No. And it's a bit like that, like climate change. Thinking into the future and, and the earth being unlivable is something... It's hard to think about long term. But in a long term, how long are we looking like? I'm just looking for it. See, this is what I'm talking about. You'll never, a scientist can't say it's going to be 10 years or it's going well, to be 1,000 years. That coming in whereas, next, I'm asking whereas the idiot can listening. go, she's never. No, oh, she's listening now. Yeah. Like, she's like, no, I'm listening. She's like, I'm making a note. Well, the scientist yes. can't say that. I feel can't she's going to be on my side. She's gonna no, she answer. won't. She won't care to say it's this amount of well, time. Exactly. Me, yeah. And then the idiot just goes, never. It's never happening. <laughs> this is all a lie. That's the whole, that's the... Well, that's the I know it's not a lie. In spite of all in... the fucking evidence, you got a whale in the Liffey. There's a whale in the fucking Liffey <laughs> and you've got like tropical storms in the middle of October where like inside beer gardens and, you know... The th so I'm not a climate expert and that's <laughs> why I don't work. You're not a person shouting at you. <laughs> I'm not shouting at him. I'm into... shouting at everybody else that's listening. I'm, shouting at, I'm not shouting at him or you. I'm shouting, I'm shouting at myself. Put down your plastic. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the changes, we need to make some changes now and then some changes later. If, the, the, the earlier we make our changes, the more impact it'll have. Okay. Basically like that. Um... And why I don't want to talk and tell you exactly what to do is because I'm not, I, I make rockets, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> well, a climate are scientist. Are you using good fuels to get the rockets up there? Because I hope you're not damaging as you go. <laughs> so there's a little bit of, of damaging. So, so, so well, flying. You just don't even this. But this is it. There's a, there's a, a, a balance in everything we do. So flying, as you know, does a lot of damage. Yeah. So there's not that many rocket launches um, a year. So in that is case. Is that because it's just so damaging to It's the... so expensive again. It's just that uh, it costs everything 100 million. Everything falls loads of money in science. Um, uh, no, definitely not enough money. Lots of money so. Elon Musk, probably. <laughs> so people, I mean, put up satellites so they get, can charge for their services and they get their money back. But it's expensive to put things up. And okay, it's, and so it's only for us to get like the internet and whatever, the, yeah. that's beneficial. But like actually figuring out our future when we're all going to die in a bawling flame. They're not so into investing well, in that. Well, there is. If I had cash, I'd give it to you. If there is European Space Agency satellites looking down at the Earth and NASA satellites looking down at the Earth. But we, we, we could probably have more than that. In terms of how... Depends what fuel is on the rocket is, is depending how damaging uh, what would it, it you is. Well, generally, you wouldn't be obviously going to Topaz. Well, usually, yeah. So usually we'd use uh, liquid oxygen, liquid hydrogen. So Where like, would you pick that up? Uh, so uh, oxygen from the air, but then you cool it down until it becomes a liquid. So an oxygen in the air is, is a gas, right? But if you make it cold enough, it becomes like a liquid, like, like, like water. Like steam becomes water if you cool it enough. Did not know that. Amazing. And same with hydrogen. So hydrogen's a gas, but if you make it cool enough... It Dry becomes, ice. Uh, that's carbon dioxide. That? Yep. Yeah. Uh, no, not so much. Uh, you can use carbon type things. <laughs> uh, it'd be probably quite damaging, but carbon. Try to stay away from the really damaging stuff. When we when so if you if you put liquid oxygen, liquid hydrogen together, uh, you get a, a lot of combustion, a lot of energy comes out, uh, and that produces water. That's the byproducts. That's H two O. So in that way, that's not that much that damaging. Uh, then other rockets use kerosene kind of based stuff. So more like. More like your car Why engineer. Why did I think a hair kerosene? Ker it's kerosene. wrong. It's completely <laughs> wrong. Uh, so then that way, again, you, you put more uh, damaging stuff into the atmosphere. But but in general, rocket launches aren't a massive percentage of it's our... It's speculate our, to our accumulate, basically, isn't it? Like, it's that you like, you speculate and you accumulate a bit of damage but for 
what the job that's in hand. Well, it's, it's more it, because it happens so infrequently. It's it's not a massive damaging. But flying, we have so many flights that has more damage. So if we if people reduced the amount of flights they took, that would have a much bigger impact than if we. Yeah reduced by half the number of rocket launches. And you say you're working with the European Space Agency. So what are you working on now as far as European Space Agency is concerned? Um, doing two things. So one is working on, yeah, control the controlling the engines and how they move uh, for, for the next generation of rockets for Amazing. European Space Agency. Uh, so we want to make them smoother, less bumpy flights as they go up uh, and controlling how the fuel sloshes around and how the rocket bends. Um, that's one thing I'm doing. The other thing is, is, is more local. So in UCD, we're building Ireland's first satellite, uh, AirSat-1. So between... Like, oh, I'm so excited, yeah. Yeah, so between uh, engineering, where I work, and over in physics and a bit of maths and computer sciences, we have about 20 students. Uh, so it's a student-led project. They're doing all their hard stuff and we d- just kind of manage it. So I'm the engineering manager. Yeah, it's hands on like. Yeah, it's 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 very cool. Uh and we have great students. So we're we're building this satellite which is about the size of uh, well, but the volume it's the volume of a 2 liter milk carton. Uh, so it's that kind of size. Um and it weighs well, about two bags of sugar. Um yeah, about that size. Yeah, so it's that size. 20 cent- 20 centimeters tall. That is. Yeah. And then 10 by 10. So it's, it's kind of a cuboid. So 10 by 10 centimetres square. And then a cuboid up. rather than just a cube. And what's this well, satellite going to do? This satellite's going to do, what's it going to tell It's going to go up. So it has a gamma ray burst detector on it, is one thing. It's three things on it. Okay, so when you have big explosions in the universe, when, when neutron stars uh, explode or collide or black holes collide, they give out this massive amount of energy for a very short amount of time. And some of that energy is in the gamma ray, kind of gamma uh, ray frequency okay so we have visible light infrared light x-rays and some of its gamma rays uh, and you get a massive amount of energy it's the brightest thing in the universe for a very short amount of time and we have this kind of uh, piece of this detector that all that gamma rays go into it it creates light uh, and then we can see when that's happened in the universe um so, yeah, and it's small. It's a small little thing. It's the smallest gamma ray burst detector that's ever gone to space. Wow. Uh, Ireland's that's one is the smallest one. Yeah, yeah. Cause so you'll go down in history? Um, you and your students are good. But like, you, I love it. He's like, may I mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, it, well, it's <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it it drives us to do, to do the research. So in the past, these things were really big things that took really high energy and voltages to uh, make them work. And they were really fragile. And we're trying to create um, ones which are more robust. And because it's so small, we can then put up maybe lots of them and then have a much better idea of what's going on. Cause, uh, so where will you launch it from? So it'll launch from... Well, like we, are going to do this out in UCD? <laughs> the, the, from the lake imagine, in UCD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you could all just have stay Have you seen Thunderbirds? Yeah. Uh, um, the no. arts block is like, what are they doing over there? So our ground station is in UCD, so we're building the antenna and stuff like that on top of the roof. So that's how we'll communicate and mission control will be there. Uh, that is like... That's fantastic. So yeah. cool. Yeah. Where it launches from, where well, we... we we don't. It could be three places, but it, it'll either it'd be probably America or Japan. So it might be okay. SpaceX or Japan. We uh, European Space Agency are providing the launch for us. Um, okay. But basically, when we hand it over to them, which which hopefully be sometime next year. Um, so we've been working on it for about two and a half years already. Um, then, depending on when does a rocket kind of go and up, we'll we'll get a bit of space on that. Um, so it, it'll go from America. It'll go up. Uh, into the sky, obviously, and then onto hopefully, and then onto the International Space Station. The space station, uh, what's up there? The astronaut will take it out and put it into uh, an airlock, and then a Japanese robot arm will take it out of the airlock, and then a bit like a jack in the box, it gets sprung out into space. 
This is incredible. I just love the idea of an Irish scientist going to Japan with a satellite as hand luggage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like such an amazing thing to do. And uh, to get who there brings and have this- it? Are you bringing it? Um, yeah, yeah, the team, the, the, the team, well, the, the team we're bringing, I think as many of us can, who can go to the launch, we've already brought it to uh, Belgium for testing with European That's Space Japan Agency. Uh, yeah, but we had to bring, and, and that was basically it. We, we um, uh, brought it on Aer Lingus and it flew behind the pilot seat. Stop. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I was about to go, where do you put that? Because, like, talk about precious cargo. Yeah, oh, yeah. Jesus, yeah. I've flied with my kids and I thought that's precious cargo. This is their way, this oh, is way more important. Well, we, than were, them. we were a little bit worried about how we would get it there, but then in a very Irish way, we got, you know, did you someone knew the pilot. Did you, see, because you know, like, because I'm fairness to them, security in Dublin Airport are the most biggest pain and <laughs> for water and everything. And there's always someone in front of you. So, like, do you have to bring it through? Goes through security. security. Yeah, and we have letters from European some, Space yeah, Agency you get someone saying going, it's, You know, your man Bruce. Oh, no. No, my watch, you're not bringing that through. I haven't got a letter about Like, do you have to pre, like, tell them you're traveling or how does it work? Yeah, yeah. So we have that. And we have letters. Much? Yeah, because I've had, like, you know, nine volt, bot- like, tiny batteries taken off me in, in um, yeah, through yeah. security, you know, uh, which, in packaging. So, yeah, going through with a satellite which just has batteries and wires and all the stuff that looks dangerous. Yeah, uh, does, especially yeah. nowadays, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, the, no, we've it's been. It's not your man. Imagine Bruce, a scientist. There you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not bring that on my. Well. Just, there was a time when an Irishman with a bag full of wires would be really <laughs> suspicious. You know, now yeah. it's like you know, now you're contributing bl- to the world. In a black hoodie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's in a little flight case, so it fits in a bit like you know, might put like a mic or some audio equipment in there. So it just sits in that, and then yeah, we we come ahead and we have our letters and, and finger, fingers crossed. Would you check the flight? Uh, no, like a long haul. so we can't take it out unless it's in a clean room. So we put it in a room where there's not that much dust. So we can't open because it. Because a tiny particle could be. That's the yeah. idea. Yeah, tiny particles could damage it. So it gets in our clean room. So we have clean rooms in in uh, in UCD. We build it and assemble it. Then it goes into uh, an airtight box on the plane, and then the other side opens into European space. Did you wear like suits and everything into the room? Yeah, yeah, we we gain up and hair nets and all the, the stuff. Yeah, I used to make those rooms, which is bizarre, right? Oh, I used to do the air conditioning, yeah, the likes of Intel and stuff. I would do the air conditioning units, so we have to have complete air changes. I can't remember how often, but you have to have a complete air change every certain amount of times a minute or whatever to keep it that clean, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. So, yeah. But generally, it was just a really nice place to go See, to sleep and nobody was looking. Yeah, it's just, good it's air just quality. a lovely home on the whole lot of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it be a bit bright. Uh, not up on the top. You see, they're all underneath working. So you're up on the top. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you're up on the top, like setting the style. Every every single vent has to be given like, almost the exact same uh, output of okay. air. And then you have the extractors doing the same. So when you're up there on your own for like eight hours and you just this little home, it's really nice, it's really dark, and you're wearing essentially a little spacesuit, uh, it's a great place to have a kip. Oh, At least okay. I slept for most of the time when we were building Fab 14. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But well, ours isn't as big as Fab 14, but it's. Uh... Yeah, it's clean. It's probably not as clean as, as Fab 14, but has to, the, the, there's different levels about how many particles you, of dust you can have in the air. So if you're doing something like Intel and it's silicon wafers, it has to be very, 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 very clean. Well, ours just has to be very clean. Clean. Okay. It's not that. Tr- okay. <laughs> and what ex- so what's the, so this will send you back data, right? The satellite. Yeah. So, so what's it going to, so what it'll send you back? Like, what are you, what are you really hoping to learn? Like, what's the, what's the ultimate sca- scenario of, uh, what, like, what will you see coming back from this and go, this is amazing um, yeah. after all this year's work? So the, I mean, the, the main goal is educational, just in terms of like, can we build a satellite? And yeah. do we have to, and building up the of capabilities. Yes, can. In, I've been talking to you here for <laughs> yeah, yeah. minutes. But to I'm build up these bench. capabilities in Ireland and that these students will go out and build space companies and go and go oh, and build stuff more. Than, it's, it's more than just stuff that comes back. When it comes back, okay, yeah, we'll get indication of when this gamma ray bursts. And then that will lead us to kind of hopefully be able to apply for bigger funding and more European Space Agency contracts where we can build constellations of these guys and, and, and really learn more about how the universe is 
is built, right? We also have other experiments. I didn't say the other experiments. So we have a some thermal coupons. So we have these thermal coatings that um, are Irish built uh, by a company called MBio, and they protect satellites from getting too hot or too cold. And there's one of them are, are, is a black slice, a black kind of sheet, and one's a white sheet. The black sheet is made from charred cow bones. Plasma kind of treated onto it's metal. incredible Irish satellite story. Yes. That's actually yeah. used with cow, bovine product. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's the Kerry gold of space. Burnt cow bones. If you <laughs> if you treat them properly onto metal, have amazing thermal properties. How do people find this? this <laughs> <laughs> was like, how is there a farmer sitting at home going, "Oh, this no, we'll do"? Yeah. I don't think the farmer. Did. <laughs> I mean, it could have been. It could have been a farmer with an interest in science. It's science week. It's relevant to everybody. So we're going to point that at the sun and we're going to see um, how well it protects. We're going to know what the angle and how much heat is coming at it and then we'll see how well it performs. That stuff is already going on a European Space Agency project called Solar Orbiter. So these coatings are going to be at the front of it and at the back of it and they're going to protect basically the thing that's going to be the closest thing, European thing to the sun and it's going to be the closest better that satellite is Irish and it's going to be cow bones it's so amazing as a, as a nation who's never colonised anybody else you know what I mean like <laughs> you know we've, we're, like, we've literally gone everywhere I really do hope this ends in the first Irish bar in space I mean that would be just the, the most tremendous achievement for us like we've never colonised everywhere but we end up everywhere when you've got Australia you've gotten like we are absolutely everywhere to think that we the Irish yeah would be the closest to the sun in some small way. It just feels like an incredible achievement, doesn't it? Yeah, our cattle. There's something really nice. I mean, I'm, I, I feel lucky that I get, you know, this, this work that I, uh, I work on and, and moving around the rockets, we started off thinking about cranes and robot arms and we just happened to end up, that was a good application in space. And if you're going to work in, so it, it is an exciting field to kind of work in. Jesus uh, yeah. Christ, of course it is. You're sending things to space. Yeah. Like if we go to right. Little on a Tuesday and get the shop done before to pick someone from school. <laughs> but how do you, how did you get that far? Like, as, oh, like, where did you start? Like, when did you know you're really smart? <laughs> I don't think I'm really smart. I think I'm, I'm, I'm really you know, lucky. Only idiots like, think they're smart. That's what I've learned this last few years. Like, only idiots in, think they're smart. Like, this is why science blows my mind. Like, when we do Science Week, it's like, there's just so much of it. And this is why I just decided to opt out. <laughs> Yeah. Can I ask you as well, the other thing I just wanted to ask you about space junk, because there's a yeah. lot up there already, isn't it? Mm. Like as far as satellites and stuff that's not being used anymore and sort of just, Floating it's around. essentially space litter. Yeah. Uh, so is that an issue, like to, to be adding to that or like I'm probably just, I'm making stuff up in my head no, at it's this fine. stage. Um, our, our, our thing will come down in two years, so it'll burn up in the atmosphere. So we won't we won't litter up there, but there is a lot of litter. Uh, it depends what orbit you kind of go into. So the is higher... Is that a problem for us, by the way? Space junk? Like, is it actually a problem it's or is it... It's going to become a bigger problem. Uh, so the problem is you, you uh, the more stuff we put up and we're putting more and more stuff up, then if it doesn't come down, then that's litter. Um, the, if the big stuff up there gets hit by something and breaks up into loads of little things, then that's kind of really increases the amount of litter, which stops the kind of that, it, we run out of kind of parking spaces up there to do useful science because there's not enough free space to put your satellite up there uh, without it getting damaged. There's not free space in space. Well, certain orbits, certain positions in space See, are, are better than know, others. But it's the orbits and everything. I can't. Poor Shane tries <laughs> well, to the do orbit this is just the height, how high you how go high, above, up the earth. Away. I know, but I'm like, there's like, it's just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So some some are but good you can think like that. and some are bad. That's like one it's of just the, like, like Dublin. Think of the think of the uh, uh, the closest part is Dublin, right? Yeah. And the further away you go, the, the, the M50, the M50, or the M50 area is covered in shit, yeah. right? <laughs> so that's the that's where all the sh- the space shit is. And then the further, and then by the time you get to Connemara, you're back in lovely old open I mean. space it again. Isn't it? It's not just like so funny though that when you say like there's not like there's not enough space in space, like because when, when you think of space, it's like the vastness of space. But you're going to hang on a second. We need to make sure that this is going to get parked in the right spot. Like. Yeah, we just need it to be clear. So we, we want to put there's wooden parking space kind of up called geostationary orbit, which is means it kind of. Uh, no, we're not going up oh, that okay. high at all. It's, it's quite, it's quite high, and uh, so but it's, it's really good for <laughs> it's really good Prime for communication. Good for communication satellites uh, because it basically you stay at the same position uh, over the Earth, so you're rotating at the same speed as the Earth is revolving. So you're always positioned over the same space on Earth, which is really good if you want to kind of maintain communications at one place on Earth. Um, so we put lots of satellites up in that position and then they get old and then they die and we have to make sure we can either bring them, either send them off to the sun or some other orbit where they're added away um, or bring them back and burn them up in the atmosphere. If they're up there, eventually we're just going to run out of room. There is a lot of space up there. There's no one up there. Uh, There's no one up there But because the moon would be They'd be orbiting the moon We could could put up there But then we'd crowd the moon's orbit as well Ah, No no one's going near it So we're all going back to it Um, We could literally I could literally I like to do this all day But we would Thankfully we have another scientist To blow my mind (laughs) 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 Yeah The seizure window Is really looking forward to us She's just like Oh my god I'm going home So I'm not talking to her My last question there was But like genuinely Like where did you figure out in your world, like, do you know, like, going through school and doing your leaving search yeah, and doing all of those things? Because yeah. what, like, how did you figure out that, if you don't mind me asking how old you are? Um, I'm 36. So you're 36. Yeah. So that your, <laughs> your six-year-old self, like, looking 30 years down the line is going, yeah, you're going to grow up and be a rocket scientist. You know what I mean? Like, but did you have a particular interest in something or did something stand out when, when you were starting to go through your education years and stuff? Like, um, I just wanted to talk on the radio. Uh, no, not not particularly like that. And I think it's a bit of a myth uh, uh, that like, oh yeah, I played with Lego all my life and I, yeah, I that, Meccano and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I did a bit of that, but I didn't do, a, do it massively. Did you take Dyson's apart? Um, I started taking things apart a little bit, yeah. Uh, just for a kid, I know. Okay, <laughs> do, do you want to put it back together <laughs> yeah. again? Yeah, but you were the guy that took it apart to see how it worked. I was the guy that took it apart to see how it didn't work. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so it's like, no, I think as a kid, and then it we, didn't all work. Do, we all take things apart when we're kids, but it's a matter of like you, uh, being able to apply yourself as well, isn't it? To put it back together. But when I was, I was in transition year and work experience, I did architecture, and then I thought I wanted to be like philosophy or psychology. Right. So okay. it wasn't this kind of like if if you're not interested in science at like 15 or 16 or 8 or 10 or 6, yeah. then you're not going to get into it. Okay. Um, so it was just about kind of leaving cert and I was like, hmm, engineering. What does that sound? It's kind of all right. And uh, I'm pretty, I, I like physics and I like some maths. But and, I, know, I know a couple of people who did engineering, but I can, none of them would find their way to space. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, well, that's. Just, I mean, again, it's it's a bit of luck. Is it it's, just it's, that you kind of? Well, I'm just lucky enough that I was able to, you know. I don't think luck walks you to that type of job. <laughs> no, I mean, like, be able to get a good education like and, and and be be supported and was able to go and and study and do a PhD, and then it just happened that my stuff was applicable to space. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> and, yeah. A, a little bit of that. Uh, we were at a conference one time, and sat down beside a guy from European Space Agency, and he was like, "I saw your talk, and maybe that was." That could wow. be useful in the, in the science world. Then are you like the guy that gets in? Like, say, if you if if this was the music world, would you be the guy that was into the really weird labels and shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, but yeah, would you be the guy that's like, would you be kind of like the Dave of Bowie? You know what I mean? So you're, you know what I mean? But like, so you're sort of isolated. Like, it's not pop music by any. There's probably a lot of more popular avenues as far as science is concerned. Is there? Or is? Or yeah, what's glamorous in science? God, I don't know. Um, oh, space is pretty glamorous. I think. Uh, I say so. You are the Spice Girls of, <laughs> spice girls of, of, of science. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really interesting um, science and things that you wouldn't think is. I mean, lots of people would be in civil engineering, like locking, doing very serious into waste pipes, or you know, mm. kind of uh, you know water, or and it's important how we get you no know, clean water. Super important. But would you say it's glamorous? Like no, space. No, no. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of areas that aren't as glamorous. But that doesn't mean that they're not, not uh, super important. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know it's important, yeah. Science people. Mm, but now you build rockets. No, you're not. There's all kinds of boring shit that's important, though. It's like, but like, say, is it accessible? Like, if you're, just, if you're the kid that's, like, genuinely dreaming of space. Like, when I was in school, genuinely, if you were, like, you wanted to get involved in space in any way if you wanted to be mm. if you told someone you want to be a rocket scientist they'd laugh at you yeah. uh, is it changed like is that still a thing or is it, is it actually an accept like you, uh, you obviously need the talent but yeah no I mean you come you study in Ireland it's, it's anyone can get in and, and, and do you start in engineering though is that the start uh, you, I mean I started in engineering but you can you can in, in space we need everybody we need space lawyers and we need uh, designers and we need artists and we need all sorts of people in PJ there I mean that space. radio presenters uh, yeah, in that. well we do that we need people to, to you know uh, spread the word about it and stuff uh, so it, it, space Space industry is is massive and doesn't isn't just the engineers and scientists doing this stuff. Uh, obviously, I went through engineering. My group, my research group of PhDs and masters and stuff, they're all kind of learning how to do all this stuff. And that that's what this satellite's about is about increasing, getting more and more people into the space industry in Ireland. So yes, you can go to UCD and learn uh, do engineering or, or physics or science, and then do masters in space science, or come and work in my research do group. A and, masters and you, in you could, space. I know it's great, isn't it? Oh, I swear to God, if I had met you like 15 years ago in Coppers on a night out, you got into a master's space science, it'd be like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> done. Uh, can I ask you as well, from an Irish perspective, what yep. do you think of SpaceX and Elon Musk and what's going on over there? Uh, like, and like, because it's just like from, you think about the amount of work that's going into getting the Irish satellite in the air and then you see that absolute, unbelievably, seemingly unending resources that he has uh, and what he's doing. So, like, I mean, for us, we just see rockets, but we're not really sure what he's doing. It's, it's big stuff. So he had, I'd really like the reusable rockets. Okay, so this idea of, of, of sending stuff up into space, but the bits that would end up as debris or into the ocean coming back and landing uh, on Earth and then you could reuse it. Uh, that is a control systems problem, which again, my group works on. So I think it's really good. He's really good engineers over there. Elon Musk himself comes across like a bit of a dick to me. <laughs> personally so it's kind of I really like the engineering that's going on there but I I, I wish he kind of it's all about him and that maybe it's kind of gives the impression that he's designing these things or whatever um, yeah, so, yeah well he's doing there's a lot of ego projects because the fact that he just put a Tesla into space just to have it in space yeah. is always that's very much about him so a lot of people thought that was space debris uh, definitely the, the definitely roadster is, the car yeah, yeah. Yeah. when we could have put something like a, some scientific experiment up there and learned more about our universe but we actually said we put a car I get it it's fun it's marketing He, he he's trying to he needs to keep his company profitable uh, so we can do stuff he wants to go to Mars uh, and he's in kind of almost in a race with NASA to kind of get there. Uh, so it's great. He's he's pushed stuff on. He's really made um, 
I think it's given some excitement. There's a lot of fanboys about it, and that's fine. Uh, but I think it's 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 it's, it's <laughs> there is yeah. There's a lot of Elon Musk fanboys. I don't know who this guy is, but oh, I like the colour of his moxie. I'll be honest with you. The WWE of space travel, really. Yeah, yeah. It, like he, it's, he's it's space travel, but it's all the fanfare and yeah, like you said, fanboy element and everything, right? Yeah, and it's all between all these billionaires. So it's not just Musk. Just there's, there's oh, so Bezos. He's selling Magaluf on the Mars. Is that kind of thing? Uh, he sells. <laughs> he's 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 saying yeah. He he had said oh we'll, we'll bring you around the moon and he'll do that. Uh, not stopping there. Uh, no, he wasn't good at stuff. So stopping is a lot harder. You can basically... Just go around and have a look. And yeah, you can slingshot. Basically, if you do a, go on the right trajectory, you leave Earth and go on the right path, it'll go, you'll go to the moon and then swing back around and then come back to Earth without really having to navigate too much. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. kind of easy, but to actually land on the moon, that's pretty, pretty tough. Uh-huh. Okay. And right. I forgot to ask you about the story in the paper, the baby. Okay. But Jasmine the is going to come in. We'll talk to Jasmine about the babies. Well. Oh, we'll but the we'll spaceman is here. We're still going to. Oh, come on, the spaceman's space. here. Do we have to talk about this just before Jasmine? Sorry, Jasmine. We won't be loud. I have to ask the spaceman. So, Dr. Dr. David McKeown. Dr. Egbert. This is the scientific journal that is the Daily Mirror. So wow, very, a very, very precise story. Uh, right. So, Dr. Egbert uh, Edelbrook, mm. uh, founder and chief executive of Spaceborn United, which sounds like a really shitty football club, to be honest with you, right? Absolutely. Uh, so, he has uh, made huge claims uh, that the Space and Science Congress in uh, Asgardia I don't know if you know it uh, uh, no the space but... nation in Darmstadt in Germany oh, I know Darmstadt so he was over there he reckons the first baby will be born in space within the next 12 years uh, so he reckons that they're they're going to do these labour orbits la- labour going into uh, orbit for the labour trip so it won't be like you won't go for the whole pregnancy obviously nine months in space would be ludicrous mm. uh, obviously the, the woman involved would have more going on but 24 to 36 hour labour missions okay right so they go up there uh, so apparently you being what, show signs of labour you jump onto the, sh- the rocket yeah, and then you, you go up you book it yeah uh, apparently going up into um, space mm. and going up into orbit apparently bring will in- help to induce labour yeah, if in the right direction, maybe if you depends how you're orientated <laughs> yeah. in the rocket, I imagine. And then you'll be able to, so you'll have to pay for gravity's it. Like, not going that way, you're going up, so gravity's going against you, which is the whole thing. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, well, you have a balance between gravity and then the, the, the acceleration due to the, the, oh, the yeah, thrust. Yeah, okay. So it depends you, yeah. how you orientate yourself in the rocket, right, it'll be pushing be in, in a certain direction. Yeah, she's gonna be, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he says at the moment it's only possible in the lower air tower, but so obviously he's trying to keep going for open market approach <laughs> 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 on this. Uh, so he's like, yeah, so this is his deal this is what he wants to do the congress heard some of the requirements for participants expect are expecting more than medals blah 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 whatever the fuck that's his bullshit but he says you'll have a very selective sort of uh, approach to it so it won't be just anybody okay. like it won't be just rich people you'll have to meet very strict criteria if you want to have a baby born in space because that's what we all want isn't it to have space on our birth to be born spacers yeah. I imagine it will still only be rich people <laughs> of course <laughs> no, it will yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So there's been a lot of talk about uh, <laughs> like what's the fucking point in this? That's what I asked. That's the first well, question. Is what's ah, the point? It's a good story, isn't it? You're back. Where, where did you? Oh, I I was born in the Coombe. Oh, I was born in, in space, in lower orbit. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you from? Yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. Oh, I'm from from Earth. Um, yeah. I mean, that sounds possible. Um, basically, there's a bit of we have this space station. I said uh, uh, orbiting Earth, and and we're getting more and more flights. that are going to go up, and these billionaires get uh, get their act together. So who's gonna? What are we gonna do up there? Basically, if we if we run out of, how do we keep these things viable and commercial? So NASA, and I'm not sure there's a link to NASA, but but uh, <laughs> so this is Space United are opening up Just commercial like opportunities. Purposes. Kind of like, do you want to do an experiment on on the space station? Yeah. Um, so and the, and you can pay them, and and uh, then you'll get a bit of space. Station. So maybe he's thinking along with these commercial things that he'll get a little labor suite uh, on the space station or on a rocket while while it's going. 
that that's probably possible. There's been a lot of talk about kind of well, if we start exploring further away from Earth and we want to have kids on the way, how do we do that? Which is slightly different. This is just for labor, but there's lots of issues with kind of trying to have kids when in space and in in uh, kind of microgravity because the biology doesn't work kind of properly. Yeah. Okay. Um. So you could definitely go up maybe for the last two days or the de- the day day of. Uh, but conception's not as easy. Conception's pretty tough. Uh. So there's been enough here. Yeah. Yeah. Getting like I know it's hard enough on this planet. In fair. Right. Uh, absolutely. So there was some, someone, I mean, it's more of an art kind of thing, but a, a, a Velcro suit to Velcro yourself to your partner to avoid this kind of... Release. Uh, yeah, well, it's a separation. there's a bit of this kind of equal and opposite reaction. So when you, you try to apply a force, uh, that person... He's now talking with SpaceX. A purse will, person will push away from you uh, when, when you do that. So it, it's... it's oh. Conception is difficult. So the idea was to, to Velcro yourself to, do, for, to your partner. So you can't have sex in space. It's really difficult. Well, yeah, this is going to like, we've Second. inevitably ended up because it's Dublin podcast and then they talk about space porn, essentially, where there's a, there'll be a Velcro fetish. In so, all yeah. The... <laughs> well, it, well, yeah. So the, the astronauts that go up are told that they're, they're not meant to. So, uh, but there was a couple, American couple that went up, I don't know, I think probably in the 90s, um, who got secretly married kind of before. I got that, that really matters. But uh, they, they came back and they, and just, just thought that they may have had sex up there, but they didn't say when they came back down again. Um, an Irish couple that's no like American couple I think it's Irish. no it no Irish so hilarious that they had that the first thing they said when they came down was don't worry we're married yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah very Irish isn't it? yeah yeah nothing dirty was going yeah. on yeah. just Not two married board. people <laughs> having a ride in space yeah. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just love imagine you had a baby though in space and like because just down the road is like the hatches matches and dispatches so it's like where you go in and register your baby and sometimes oh. they have far, you know what date was it born you give them the date they're like going through the hospitals and you're like it's the coup and they're like I'm looking for it like, yeah, can yeah. you imagine going in going yeah I just had it in the second orbit and your man would just be sitting there going get out oh, that's the only reason I can think baby. of anyone doing it that was yeah, just to, to say go into Lombard Street I, to register your baby well not Lombard Street maybe but yeah well, but, you know, be just, an Irish baby as be as any other baby just yeah let's just have a passport with space written on it I really can't think of any other reason to do it not far off right <laughs> Um, that, oh God! Right, that's it. That's yeah. the first of the Dublin Science. Uh, Science Week has begun, and as you can see, nothing is off limits. Like literally, we're going to talk about climate change in the next episode. But look, when I say we're going to talk about climate change, that was the that's the aim. But like, poor Doctor David here is just like I'm not. I saying. think he just turned Doctor David to a jazz singer. Yeah. He's just giving up and on science. <laughs> like he's gone. He's like he's building a rocket, or he's building rockets to go to space, and we're like, so you can't have sex in space. Um. Scienceweek.ie for all the details. There's so many events all through this week um, from like your kids right through up to people like me who have no concept. You could bring them to the kids thing. Uh, the next episode is on the way on Wednesday. It's Dublin. Thanks, Dr. Thanks. David. Thanks, Thanks a million, guys. Yeah, lots man. of fun. <laughs> this has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.